Driving while awesome podcast radio hour. <laughs> oh, God. Yo. Do you guys know what a fluffer is? GTO. Mellow Grimes. Oh, I got a PT Cruiser. It's a convertible. It's really cool. All this melts of crayons for you. <laughs> hey, YOLO. You only have one life. Do you have coilovers? No, beat it. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good podcast right there. <laughs> Damn it, I screwed up. You ready? I don't think Pat's ready. You ready, Pat? I'm ready. Are you on? Okay. Pat's ready. Welcome to Driving While Awesome. My name is Lane. I'm Brian. And I'm Pat. We have Pat Murphy with us. Uh, he is one of the... Actually, you have, you're listening right now to the three founding member, members of SC Euro. Oh, yeah, I forgot all about that. <laughs> really? Was I a founding member? Yeah, I think you were like maybe a secretary or something. I, don't know. <laughs> I definitely didn't have a European car. I know, but I feel like you were there somehow. Yeah, I maybe? think if anything, yeah, maybe I was like into the whole club thing, you know, more okay. than other people. You were just in every club? I was in the bowling club. I was in SC Euro. I was in uh, S or whatever. Oh, wait, no. You're classic talking about car club. the classic car club. Do we call it SC Euro? This SC is the Euro. SC Euro 062 yeah. or something. Pat, wait, is this, oh, yeah, 062. This is the one where we took the yearbook photo. Is that right? Or is that the... No, that's the European car club. That was that. That was this. No. No? Different. 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 Oh, yeah. but we, we were... Didn't we start the European Car Club? We did. No, we started SC Euro, and then the European Car Club was somebody else. Who was it? I want to but say it was, was Mark Christie. It was all the same oh. people. It was the okay. European Car Club and the, yeah. the Classic Car Club. Gotcha. And I, it was all we all had the same photos. And you yeah. had a hard body. Yes. In SC Euro. Right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Uh, and Pat had a Pat had a GTI, right? Three GTI. Eighty four GTI. Oh, eighty four. Okay. With Zender body kit, Zender body kit, a Fubu roof antenna. Was it fifteen inch? Yep. BBS wheels. Yep. Really? Yeah. Those are big. Black BBSs. 50, 50 black on black tires. on black. Yeah. With the um, silver lip. Mm-hmm. Uh, blue interior. The yeah, stock blue, the blue with like. So is that off aftermarket lumbar? Mm-hmm. It had the squeeze, the Recaro squeeze thing. Yeah. I just remember the fat system in it. So it has. Six eight-inch subwoofers and like a Kmart <laughs> amplifier in it. And then you so you sweet. you tagged the box too. Yeah, we spray painted it. It looks super cool. I remember when you when you bought that car, we found it over by your house, and you went and asked the guy like, "I mean, it was I think it was just sitting in his yard or something." He like yeah. lived backed up to the freeway, his house, uh-huh. and uh, I remember going with you to get it. I, I think you had like, kind of you had. I think you kind of prodded him for a couple of weeks or something like that. I did, and then stuff kept going wrong with it. Like he, would, oh, he yeah. said he would sell it to me, and then the oil pump failed, then the water pump failed, and um, I finally got it twenty five hundred bucks. And the thing was basically cherry. Yeah, it was pretty clean. Black too. Yeah. Was it? I I never saw it sitting. Was did you have to clean it up a lot? It was kind no. of. It was really nice, but it was a little bit dirty. It was just sitting outside. Yeah, but it wasn't. Yeah, I think it was just a wash. Probably. Yeah, I know. It was a super clean car when yeah. you had it. And Pat was like the most anal car keeper. I cleaned my cars a lot back then, dude. Yeah. That Tercel to this day, I've never seen a car cleaner. <laughs> the, New the, cars off the lot, like, yeah. hold no candle to the Tercel, dude. The it was like 89 or 88? 89 Tercel yeah. with a five-speed. And Base it was clean. Model. I got it before I had my license, and so I armor-alled it for 
six eight months before i started really driving it on the so it was street. just soaked into every panel yeah, like it's perfect now did that have the uh like rubber floor mats yes yeah i feel like rubber floor mats are for getting stuff dirty right. i feel like you clean like every grain in those rubber floor mats yeah, it was were always spotless they were immaculate and now i don't wash my cars at all anymore but you've yeah you're over to i the used to side. be really i used to clean my cars a lot too in high school yeah. so i feel like that was that was uh, maybe maybe it's because that's the only thing you own right and you don't you know necessarily work that much and stuff and you're that's like your pride and joy right yeah so like I would clean my rabbit probably I would wash it at least once or twice a week and yeah. then I would probably like wipe it down and kind of detail it you know three days a week or something like that yeah I was pretty obsessive about it yeah. How are you, Brian? <laughs> I, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like basically, I'm taking this as an endorsement that you, you know I was right the whole time. Washing cars is not necessary. Yeah. We're, we're learning this. You're learning. Yeah. yeah, we learn. I've been from our <laughs> trying sensei. to trying to teach you guys. Yeah. Um. So did you guys? You guys had the GTI and the Rabbit at the same time? No, I had the 914. I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And then you had the black 944. Correct. Towards the tail end of the GTI. Uh huh. Of the yeah yeah exactly. <clears throat> of my GTI yep yep I feel like the GTI might be the most pat car uh, like out of all the cars you've owned maybe it's just because of the time period it was in high school but I I, I, I picture that being yeah like the Tercel might be a close second even uh, no but that thing didn't have any personality <laughs> that was just the Tercel was a hand that was a hand me down that you I know but it was I don't know I guess it's just like whatever you're driving in high school is what I picture you in right. But, That's who you are, kind of right, thing. Right, right. And then I went through a lot of different phases of cars after that never really fit my desires until until the Datsun Five Ten. So wait, let's get in. Let's because you're on the show. Yeah. So we've known Pat. Pat's a longtime friend of Brian and mine, and uh, he grew up here in Santa Cruz with us. And your first car was a Toyota Tercel, correct? Hand me down. Then you bought the Rabbit. Yep. And then you have a Harley Davidson tattoo on your chest, I know. So, <laughs> at some point that comes to Sometimes that happened. So where, where did your car history, what's your car history after the Rabbit, I guess? Okay, so after the Rabbit was when I purchased my 1964 Oldsmobile Dynamic 88 on hydraulics. And um, so dope. No that was silence. a nice car. I did all the body work. I got that painted when I worked at Canepa's. And that was the white, and it was over like a somehow green? like green, sparkly green and, and interior. interior. Fuck, dude. And it yeah. was on uh, it was on Supremes. Yeah. So it was like kind of a low rider, but it was so clean. Yeah. It was the opposite. It didn't have all the chrome. Didn't you like strip the the trim and stuff? I did. I welded all the holes up. I took the emblems off, and it had the same. Roofline as an Impala, just a different trim level, basically. Dude, that car was so sweet. And the dumbest mistake you ever made was... Taking the hydraulics out. Yep. yep. Regretted almost instantly, I think, right? Yeah, that was a bad move. Because it was expensive and took away you know, 75% of the soul of that car. Yeah, otherwise it was just a big old worthless car. It was still cool, though. So then... Wait, and so, yeah, your job history mixes in with this, too. So you said you were at Canepa at that point, driving, yeah, I worked, driving the Chevys? I worked as, a like, a shop helper 
slash delivery driver for Kanepa's on and off through high school. And so I got to drive some really cool stuff and be in that environment where they were building. It was when they were restoring the 917s and the 935 that Bruce drives now. And so that was a cool time to work there. Uh, and it was a way smaller shop over by... It was tiny, off yeah. Soquel. Well, it wasn't tiny, but it was a lot smaller than it is now. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, now it's insane. Have you been to the new one? I've driven by it. Oh, yeah. It's massive. Yeah, I don't even know what the square footage is, but it's crazy. So, and then after the... After the Oldsmobile, I lost reverse in it. And I lost interest in old cars, period. So, I went through a couple new Tacomas at that point and decided to just drive reliable new cars. And you were working at Volks Cafe for a little bit or something? I worked or... at Volks and Cafe then... and then that was when I finished school and started working for BMW and so I needed a reliable commuter at that point. Yeah, and I remember that Toyota. It was just a regular cab, short bed, like four by four, yeah. manual, mm-hmm. bench seat. That and truck then, was awesome. That was a really nice truck. And then you did the blackout, the chrome blackout. Mm-hmm. And I traded it in on a fully loaded silver pre-runner with an automatic transmission, which was totally a bad move. And that was like an extended cab or something. Yeah. 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 Dude, yeah, the, the Toyota pickups, the manual is so much better than the auto, huh? Obviously. The auto is just like makes it so sluggish. And... Yeah. Even with a V6, like the four-cylinder with a five-speed was more fun to drive. Oh, yeah. Yours was a four on the first one. Yeah. Fuck, that's such a good truck. I wonder where that truck is today. Yeah, because that's like a that was like kind a of an odd combo, car. right? I think it's still, last time I was in... Sound City, I saw it still there. Oh, no way. Yeah, with the clear corners on it, because that's what I put on it. Cafe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Bringing some of that Euro over. While, while you were at Volks Cafe, I, I brought my 71 Carmen Ghia in, and you helped me do all the brakes. Oh, I yeah. remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and then we tried to tune your carbs in it. Uh, I, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I, that was successful. I, I remember not doing anything. You were just like doing your work and I was like kind of wanted to lend a hand and <laughs> I was just getting in the way. And... So then what? You so bought then, like some Harleys or something? Yeah, I went through a Harley phase, which we don't really need to go into that. <laughs> <laughs> they were cool at the time and I don't have really any interest in them anymore. Well, it was the tattoo is a, a Triumph it's, shopper, no, isn't it? No, it's a Harley. It's... Oh. It's the bike I had. It was a 1974 Ironhead. Okay. And um, I, I kind of wish I had a different vehicle tattooed on my chest now. <laughs> <laughs> what are you going to do? Not much you can turn it into either, like the cover-up tattoo. I don't know. Maybe a big rig or something. Yeah, exactly. So then what did you go to go into? So you're working at BMW now. I was working at BMW I was living on my own, so I decided to really start buying a bunch of junky cars. And so I went through three 1948 to 53 Chevy pickups. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that phase. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Two, like, restoration projects that I never did anything with. I just bought them, stared at them, and sold them. And then I got one 1948 that was on airbags. It was slammed. It had the straight six. Um that was a pretty cool truck. It's pretty sick. Pretty uns. Oh, and that one was chopped as well. Super unsafe to drive. The furthest I ever drove it was around the block, and sold that. 
And then I... Well, let me just mention, so I remember going to your place in Watsonville, and this is like the time period, you know, after you started working a real job and everything, I would come over, you'd pop the garage, and it would just be completely packed full of all sorts of bullshit, like your chopper. When I, I went by Watsonville, you had your chopper, you had your... Giant Harley, like yeah. the old school one with the floorboards and everything. Oh yeah, yeah. I and then that. you had that pickup truck. Three, I think the bagged pickup truck. Three and then dirt bikes. Dirt, the dirt bikes were just filling every nook and cranny. Yeah, a go kart. Yeah, dude. I was just remembering a go kart, but I couldn't remember you ever riding that. So yeah. I had to put a ramp up to a workbench and store a dirt bike on the workbench <laughs> because I had run out of room. Yeah, because that wasn't a big garage. No. And so. Eventually, through moving, and we moved to Southern California, I had to off a bunch of the stuff. And I pared it down, and I had always wanted a Datsun 510. And I knew the owner of this car named Miss Dottie, who could still be found on the internet on the Z, Z classifieds from like 2006 or something. Well, and it has its own webpage. Like, it if you type page, in yeah. Miss Dottie 510, it'll go to this old school like webpage from 1995. It's, it's the Dotson Z class. Oh, okay. It's yeah. the link to that. Yeah. So I bought that card, Cactus Green 32,000 mile cream puff Dotson 510 and loved it. Was afraid to drive it because I was afraid of it getting hit or stolen. Then I ended up crashing it into a curb at pretty high speed. Lost interest in it at that point and sold it right before Datsun 510s kind of went through the roof as far as value goes. Yeah, and that one was that was originally an automatic, right? That was that somebody to had a converted Datsun comp suspension from the 70s. But you did that, right? No, it came. Oh, with the I, suspension. I bought it from Robert Johnson, who's the parts manager of the Nissan dealership in Salinas. He had all that stuff new in the box from the seventies. So he put all that on there. Wow. And it, and it had the original like, um, steelies with hubcaps. Yeah. And then you put Watanabe's on it. I did. And it had all that suspension stuff. You had the original automatics with the car. Yeah. I had crates of, of all the original trim off that car. And I remember just looking at, I mean, we've talked about the car in the past, but I remember looking at that car, like opening it up. It was like a brand new car. And yeah. Yeah. And Christine. the exterior was original paint, and it was, like, really clean body and everything, except the right side of the car had, like, doording after doording yep. from just sitting in a garage in the mm-hmm. left spot yeah. and them driving their normal car in and just hitting it with the door every day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I and I think I put, I put maybe 2,000 miles on that car. And a thousand of it was driving it down to San Diego and back up when we moved back up to North, Northern California. Wow. Yeah. So that was such a rad color too. Yeah. Yeah. Such a good car. So you basically broke even on that thing and yeah. And then now Dotson's are a million dollars. So, um, and that's literally the only one in existence that wasn't rusted out. Oh yeah. And with that miles and original paint, I mean, I don't think those exist. Dude. No, no. Doesn't Especially exist. Especially not in a two door. Yeah. So then, since then, what have you gone through? Just a bunch of daily drivers and stuff? A bunch of BMW, E39 Sport Package, E46s. Uh, my wife has a 211 E320 Station Wagon. Me and Brian have bought two cars for the uh, Broha 250 event. 
which I have both of them at my residence and daily drive the Festiva currently. <laughs> Notable. And then just recently picked up a 1970 Datsun 510, which Brian helped uh, facilitate the pickup and purchase of that thing. And actually, we just uh, had Glenn on the podcast last, the last podcast. So. Right, right. Yeah, from him. Yeah, this car is super cool. This is the first time I saw it in person was tonight. Um, sounds really cool. Sounds really good. Looks good. I don't know. I dig that car. It feels so much smaller in person than the 2002 that you drove. It does feel smaller. Yeah. Right? It, it seems like a totally, almost like a, I don't know, dude. It's like comparing a new f- focus to like, an the old Fiesta, or it's uh, like Fiesta the Fiesta to the Focus. Yeah, it yeah. seems like a totally different class of car when you're standing next to it. Dude, I noticed that same thing when I picked it up in San Jose and just driving it over 17. It's like so tiny in the lane. Yeah. It's weird sitting in it though because it does not feel, it doesn't feel like a tiny car sitting in it to me. I, yeah, I don't know. When you're on the road, like with all the other cars, I, I definitely know. Yeah, you, you see it most though. Standing, but it has room right inside is what you're saying. Like it yeah. feels like a mid-sized car yeah. in the, the seating position that you're in it at. Car, it's like a Mini Cooper where you get, you're like, oh shit, you can be six foot five and spit right. in that old Mini Cooper. You and, know? It and it's is. because like the BMW is like overbuilt and safe and the 510 just r- is rattly and super thin. Like right. if you probably met, put calipers on the doors, the doors are like half the thickness or something, yeah. and that's yeah, and you get a cars, extra room. New cars have all this stuff like impeding, right. you know, airbags in the dash, and that thing has this tiny little dash up against the windshield. Right. No door. I mean, the door panels are just a thin piece of cardboard with some stuff on them. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but it's a super cool car. It looks like, and the engine, the engine compartment looks so sweet. It's just like nothing. Yeah. All yeah. just all room. Yeah. Tons of room. So, um, so you guys bought the. The Broha Festiva that I mocked all kinds. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you've been daily driving it, Pat, and it's pretty decent. It gets like over 40 miles per gallon. Um, the fuel gauge works occasionally. That's the only thing in the instrument cluster that works. <laughs> There's two feet of slop in the shifter. It's like you can never tell what gear you're in, but it really doesn't matter. But all in all, I mean, for the price we paid for that car, it's pretty incredible. Three-cylinder? It's a four-cylinder. Oh. Okay. And it's like 60 horsepower, though, right? Yeah, it's 64. Oh, shit. But it's so light, it actually feels pretty quick for what it is. Huh. So they have a four-cylinder. But the later, like, oh, Festivas. I think it's like our Metros were three-cylinders. And Festivas, right, which were later on. I didn't even know... this is a Festiva. It's a Festiva. Oh, fi- Fiesta. Wait, Fiestiva. Oh. <laughs> Yours is a Festiva or Festiva. Fiesta? Festiva. Okay. Fuck, I don't even know what I'm talking about. Dude, I can't say it anymore. I drove Festiva. a... When Festiva. I was at Car Parts in high school, Yeah, we had some piece of shit. I think it was newer, though, but it was a three-cylinder. I think you guys had Geo Metros. Oh, maybe you're right. Which were three-cylinders. Yeah. You might be right. And they were round pieces of shit. Same yeah. size. I think I even remember from working across the street. It was also kind of fun to drive. Though. Yeah. Like a Dude, shit boxes a are little, fun. Yeah, something about a little front wheel drive, under two thousand pound car that you know, don't other, care about. You yeah. know, the other day I get home from work and the garbage can was sitting in front of my house, and just I didn't feel like didn't feel like bringing it in, so I just <laughs> took it out with the Festiva. Nothing feels better than doing that. That's, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good. You guys should have a little. Oh, it'd be so good to have like a little GoPro or something to like put all that kind of stuff together. <laughs> I want to see if my neighbor got it on her security camera. <laughs> oh, that would be even better yeah. from a security camera. That'd be awesome, dude. 
you guys are going to bring GoPros and stuff on the rally, right? Uh, sure, yeah. I mean, <laughs> sure, dude. Yeah. I'm never good at turning it on, but. Do some iPhone video. I thought you were something. going to come and video us. Oh, yeah. I'm just going to, like, hang out, like, run run alongside. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be on a Segway, just follow that guy alongside. We're definitely not bringing, keeping the rear seat in, so yeah. you can't sit there. So you guys, I know we've talked about in the past about that car and stuff, but I guess the big factor with getting a like was the wheels and tires right correct yes so you guys figured it out or what's up yeah so we gave up on upgrading to a larger wheel and we're just gonna go with an off-road tire off of a modern day side by side so we're gonna put tires from a a rhino or an rzr on it and those aren't the most suitable tire for the pavement sections but we're hoping to make it up in the dirt and how how are they bigger and you know is the is the overall diameter bigger than what you have on it right now way bigger way bigger so it's going to lift the car up it's going to lift the car and give you ground clearance to the axles and all that correct which and then you have to cut the fenders i imagine even if we don't i still want to just to make it look cool and you're gonna put like some cheap flares off ebay on or anything nope no we're just not gonna do that keep it super simple look kind of cool though you know those cheap eBay flares are actually kind of expensive. Are they? Yeah, yeah they were like 150 uh, bucks minimum. Yeah. Uh, okay. And they're all made in like Eastern Europe or something. Get and some. Take a oh, long you time know what to... you should do? Kitty pool. Yes. Yeah. Or what? like big trash or trash cans or something, yeah. and you just cut them. Right. You can cut the lip off a kitty pool, and it's yeah. kind of the same similar radius. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that'd be kind of cool. And it has little fishes on it. Exactly. <laughs> that is. <laughs> Go with the blue paint we got. Yeah. Already. Exactly. That would be actually that really is cool. Yeah. Yeah. Are you going to cut some holes in the hood or anything cool? Or... I was having thoughts about running the exhaust up through the hood uh-huh. or removal of the hood completely just to make it look kind of aggressive. But yeah. those are all last-minute tweaks we're going to make when Brian gets down there. Any kind of like oil pan protection or anything? Yeah, I think I'm going to screw a cutting board to the bottom of the car or a piece of plywood or something and just make car... A skid, uh, a real general skid plate. Like Delrin or something? Like this stuff, but yeah, like like that stuff? No, like probably a, an actual cutting board from oh, okay. my kitchen. Well, I mean, it's similar like a stuff. plastic-ish one? Yeah. yeah. So you can do like rail slides and stuff. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Cool. It's the same shit. Yeah. yeah. Dude, it sounds pretty fun. When is it? When is the actual race or whatever it is? Rally? It's the last, last weekend of September. Okay. Yeah. So it's kind of coming up, actually. It is, yeah. Are you prepared, Brian? No, I kept having to move plane tickets, and I haven't bought the plane tickets yet, so I need to do that. But other than that, I've got my little kit that I'm building. We got like, I have toe straps that I'm bringing. Helmets. Yeah, I can pack a helmet. I need helmets. Yeah. Are, are you guys rocking helmets the whole time? Yeah, we're actually gonna go through a border checkpoint on Highway 86 wearing our race helmets. And okay. Full gear. So. Do you have to video this, right? Yeah, we'll we'll bring video cameras. We're definitely going to get some attention. Yeah. This is, I don't know, this sounds fun. I mean, the and point. how many cars are in the competition? Right now we have seven. Okay. And is it going to grow or is it just... Is it seems like it's going to shrink as they break their cars. Exactly. Yeah, from what I've seen on like Instagram and stuff, like two guys already broke cars at some point. Yeah. One guy was doing a burnout or something and blew a transmission. That's kind of their, that's their deal as they go do burnouts in front of each other's houses uh-huh. and blowing their cars up <laughs> or putting them in ditches and crashing uh-huh. each other. And, uh, I'm pretty sure somebody did crash into the Festiva in the parking lot at work. And they didn't tell you about it? And 
because there was a lifted Cadillac sitting next to me, and I noticed a huge new dent in the side <laughs> of the car. And he said he was parking close to like take measurements to see where he wanted to hit me. <laughs> um, uh, wow. So yeah, it's getting intense at yeah, the shop. Yeah, because it's all your shop guys. Primarily, there's a couple outsiders doing it too. Um, but we're hoping this year that it's super fun, and then we're thinking next year maybe open it up to people we don't know and kind of grow the event a little bit. I think it'd be easy to grow. I mean, Very. you've seen that gambler, like that last gambler thing. I think it was just 700 cars or something crazy yeah. like that. Really crazy. Some yeah. really cool cars too. Yeah. You see Danny George was supposed to be on the smoking tire last week and yeah. he did a full interview, like drove to Los Angeles to do it or wherever. And Matt talk is. about the gambler and everything. And, uh, he wasn't recording it. Yeah. I heard that. I just know bad. that the gambler is kind of more just of a drive as opposed to a race. I think it started as a race, is what yeah. he said. Uh, and Because it was a small thing, like friends. Yeah. Right? It's sim- exactly what the Broha is. Right. And then, you know, as you get more people, you have to tone it down. But it also, I think they leave it kind of vague on purpose. Like, I'm sure there is some... There's still some aspect of that, I'm sure. Right. And some people are competing, but I think they're, they don't, they're not advertising that, obviously, because right. it's, you know, illegal. Right. So you can't say it's a race or anything like that. Yeah. Legality gets in the way. So yeah, I'm, it's, uh, we're the only small car in the Broha. There's a, there's a Nissan 200SX with a three inch lift. Oh. And he's okay. kind of the other small cars. Yeah. Or small car. That's a rear wheel drive car too. That's I a think. rear wheel drive. That's, that's actually a, good a pretty one. quick car. Yeah. Dude, that's a pretty cool car. Yeah. That, that's that the... must look rad with three inch lift. That's the uh, five-speed transmission that you have, right? In yep. your 510. And supposedly he bought it for $120, and so he's got a lot of room Whoa. for tires and upgrades to that thing. Wow. That's a pretty stiff competition right there. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I was thinking, so, you know, these cars are braking and everything, and they're big, heavy wagons. And so we're going to lose time on the on the freeway down there of course we're gonna start behind on the dirt section but as long as we can just like keep trucking and keep moving with our little paddle tires all they need to do is get stuck once and, and we're gonna pull it's ahead. like yeah that's what i'm the thinking hair thing. you know the tires are gonna be inconvenient at high speed but in the dirt i think we're gonna have a huge advantage you know yeah front wheel drive will probably be so good really and lightweight 1600 yeah. pounds once we got it like it's a light and car. those guys are they have huge caddies and shit like that's yeah. not gonna be that's not gonna be good it's gonna be they're tough. gonna overheat those automatic transmissions yep we hey. just went and pre-ran it last weekend in a huge dodge truck and i uh, i can't imagine a crown victoria making it through some uh-huh. of that stuff yeah and I'm thinking that we're going to be able to, so we'll have two people sitting in it. If we get stuck, one person jumps out and pushes or whatever, or pulls, and you also we'll have, be able to get unstuck pretty yeah. easily with and how light there's, it is. Is there anything that's like tight sections? Like Yes. So you guys will be able to like choose your line where they basically just right. have to go through right. it, right? Right. I think you guys have a huge advantage. It's yeah. kind of, you guys are the samurai. We don't want to get too cocky, but. Right. A samurai as opposed to like a Hummer or something, right? For off-roading, right. it's like. Yeah, yeah, and then cool. the the final section is going to be a quarter mile race, and I don't see us being real competitive in that part either. But Mm-mm. unless you're the only car left with sense. like a working transmission and stuff, they yeah. have automatics and stuff like that. That's true. Like, yeah, I don't know. We'll see. Well, that seems rad. Hopefully, you guys take tons of pictures. I know Brian's not very good at that, so I will be. stuff. Yeah, yeah, I'd like to see all that. Um, 
So, Pat, you work for a Mercedes dealer right now, right? Yeah, I work for Mercedes-Benz of San Diego, and I'm a team leader there in the shop. And I've been with Benz for about eight years, and I was with BMW for 10 years before oh, that. Oh, you really? You've been with them for eight years, huh? Yeah. Dude, time flies, yeah. So, uh, are there, like, parallels between the two companies or that you've seen, or is there... Which which car is like which car? I mean, I don't know if you're you're probably not partial to one or the other. Like, which one do you like working on more? Or is there? I think that Mercedes are more straightforward to work on for sure, and reliability wise, they're a more reliable vehicle. As far as driving experience, the BMW is far superior. Okay, and uh, the reliable like the working on them and um problem areas and stuff like that i mean is it is it a huge leap leap forward you know like like is mercedes way ahead or is it just kind of you think it's like a little bit better or mercedes you don't replace the same part four times so they're more robust right a bmw will go through four sets of window regulators Mm -hmm. in 16 years where a mercedes you might do the left rear once yeah, 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 okay. Um, was the build quality on BMW part of the reason why you moved to Mercedes? Or was it totally separate, like, personal no, reasons? No, it was like, totally separate, yeah. and it was based on the way warranty worked between the two of them. Um, Mercedes, they want you to fix the car. BMW tries to find ways to kind of micromanage. Hodge, it yeah. Kind of. hmm. I don't know. It's hard to explain. Yeah. No, that's interesting to know, though. I mean, and then you you guys don't work on anything else, right? It's just those two makes. We sell smart cars. There's only a couple guys that work on them. Same with Sprinter vans. Uh-huh. And we just started working on Metros, which is like the small Mercedes van. Oh, yeah, yeah. And all the guys in the, all the Mercedes techs work on the Metris vans. Okay. Dude, we have to talk about this for a second because Warren, uh, is, uh, super down on the, uh, sprinters. sprinters. Right? He yeah. says they're terrible and they get very little factory support. Wasn't he saying that? I don't like, know. It was about hard that, to find parts. He was saying for they're a pain in the ass and they break a lot and stuff. They do break a lot from what I've seen. Um, that D, the V6 diesel that they're running is the same one that we have in our SUVs and they all kind of have the same leaks and issues and it's a great motor. It's super powerful for a diesel and you, it doesn't even feel like a diesel, but they leak oil and they, they all have their common problems that are usually pretty expensive to fix. It seems like Mercedes has a pretty good job with their engines overall. Uh, as opposed to BMW, like I don't feel like you hear about as many, of like the same issues over and over kind of thing. It seems like they kind of, they work a car out and they like, they just, they go with it for a while where BMW is constantly like, right. You know, their new motor, like, Oh, it has, you know, don't buy the first three years. Cause it has this and this right. and this. And then, well, it's like the cooling system, you know, everybody knows BMW cooling systems have issues and that's been present since the mid nineties and it's still going on. And they've really? been through, Eight generations of water pumps. Yeah. Now they have electric water pumps, and the electric water pumps are They're failing. failing as well. Yeah. And so it's like Mercedes-Benz doesn't seem to have things like that. Um, they just make a car. It might not be the the most fun to drive, but they make a quality product that is prestigious. It's a good-looking car and technologically advanced, you know. 
Yeah. What, what's the uh, verdict on the Metris? Is it a decent truck or, or too new to tell? I mean, it... we've only seen him for a year. It's based on the new C class. Like the motor is the same. As oh, the really? Class. Interesting. Yeah. It's a good size. Yeah, it I is think. a good size. I think it's a good form factor and everything yeah. for like what you really need that kind of vehicle for. I mean, it's like a modern Eurovan. It feels like. Yeah, and I heard you can like have a DJ booth out of them and which is super important from, yeah. from going to SEMA I learned I learned a lot of stuff they even make like a, a weird pimp version with a raised roof with lights up in the top of it and uh-huh. it's uh, upgraded leather interior and I considered one for personal use like they're pretty cool looking <laughs> yeah that's rad some guy so you have you guys follow do you guys do you follow Hosta Alaska yeah he just DM'd us and said, are you guys in Santa Cruz? I think I just spotted you on the road. No, I said that. Oh, okay. Because I just, on the that, way okay. here, I saw, I, I, I gotcha. swear I saw that I little man. Said it. I thought maybe he was talking about seeing your car or something. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, that's that, that's that little, I noticed it because they have a, uh, a unique bus. Like it's like yeah, a, it's a 15 Euro, window. But it's a modern, it's like a 1990 or something. Right. It's like Air-cooled. one of the ones from uh, South America. Yeah, I think. exactly. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's yeah air cooled with the the bay window front end, but then it's got the but corner the windows, windows yeah. like from the old twenty three windows. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then he had a, a blue rack, and then he was being followed gotcha. by some other uh, like bay window bus, and huh. and then a bug right behind them, and they were driving down Glen Canyon. Oh, that's cool. It probably was him. Um, I did get a I got a listener question today. Uh, DM to us. Oh, interesting. You guys, would you guys be interested in answering that? Yeah, I mean, we could do some work. Sure. Yeah. He said, I have a question. It's from, uh, I don't know how to say this. Something D Philly, I guess, with a one in there somewhere. Um, he says, I'm looking to buy a new daily soon, somewhere in the $4,000 range. My Jeep is great, and I don't plan on ever getting rid of it. He has a 96 XJ. Uh, right? That's a. That's a Cherokee? Okay. Um, he says he doesn't plan on getting rid of it. But would love something with a, li- a little more comfortable and better miles per gallon. Um, I'm starting to look at taking a few nice road trips in the near future, so reliability also is key. Uh, it has to be a stick and fun to drive, and most of all, DWA approved. One option I was thinking was maybe an MK4 GLI or E46 Touring. Thoughts, suggestions, thank you. E46 Touring. Wagon. Wagon. Oh, the wagon. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm so he's looking at four grand, something more comfortable, and better gas mileage than his Jeep. So like any other car in the ever world. made. Yeah. Or, <laughs> not, not ever made, but you know. Uh, I think the latest production E36. Okay. 328IS. It's so like a 98 99 or like 323IS. Super clean four grand grandma car. That's what I'd recommend in that price range. So did they, I mean, you're the expert. Did they iron out a lot of stuff in those? Those cars were bulletproof. Okay. Yeah. They still got the regulators, but whatever, probably. Window regulators and stuff. Yeah. I mean, all the common stuff. But But you get a two door and you only have two to replace. Yeah. Two to replace. Manual trans, pretty simple electronics. Uh Uh-huh. You said 323. I would think like 328 or something. Any of the above, I just know that 323IS is more common oh. um, and cheaper. I was going to say uh, in E30, a 325E, 
you know, like a clean one of those. Yeah. Which aren't as valuable as the eyes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess. Can you find a really nice one for four grand still? I, guess I don't you think can, it'd be. Huh? I, you'd find a nicer E36. I'm just thinking for road tripping the E36. Yeah. It's like an older car, you know, just. Air conditioning. Right. Probably doesn't work. Yeah. Uh, E36 probably does work. Yeah. And those cars are pretty fun to drive, too. I mean, I had that 95, and it was a blast to drive. Yeah. It would Especially overheat the brakes and stuff. But... If, you, if you do just a little work to those. Yeah. You know, even just wheels and tires. Right. A little bit of suspension. It, I mean, that's like a that's like a really good track day car. Yeah. So he says E46 Touring. What do you think about E46 Tourings? I think for four grand, you're going to get a pretty beat down one. For four grand, you're going to have to put three grand into it. Exactly. Yeah. I uh, a friend of ours has an E46 Touring. I think he paid, I don't know what he paid, but it was around the five grand range. Yeah. It's a pretty nice car. Yeah. Manual transmission. Um, but I do think those drive a little like heavier than an E36. Yeah. They feel, I don't know, they just feel like you're moving around a lot of weight. Like everything does. The steering, the shift, I don't, they just feel a little it's clumsier. And yeah. Heavy. I guess they just feel heavier, right? Yeah. And I think they are, actually are. Uh, Mark IV GLI, that's kind of, I think. I wouldn't those do aren't, that. I wouldn't, Mark, wasn't, Mark IVs weren't really the. No, that's not a good one. They got, they're like stylish, but they're a little heavy, right? It's when they started looking start, kind of like the Audis. It's when they, they came out with the, smooth, the okay. 1.8 T motor. Yep. Gotcha. Yeah. Which I remember that was like a big deal back then. But yeah. in hindsight, I think they're heavy and not great. I think they're good looking cars, but yeah, I wouldn't pick that I feel for, like they for kind a fun of one. Fall apart a little bit. Yeah, I think all those years of those VWs probably. Yeah. Mark V was way better. True. You can, you can buy a Mark V. It's not that, like, but you can't get a, I don't think you can get like a GLI or GTI. Dude, in that can range. you get a, I guess a Mark II would Mark be a II little. Mark GTI? Yeah. Yeah. But you that's, could, a, you're getting into an old car. It's pretty old. Like E30, right? Right. I'm trying to think what else would fit that. Is I mean, anything? I think you could get a, a Miata and that would be a fun car, but not for road, road trips. trips and stuff. His it's a different type of fun car. Yeah. It sounds like he wants something that he could haul a few, like go on a road trip with four people maybe and put some and miles kind of comfortable and fit stuff in the back. Dude, what about an E34 with the five speed? Yeah. It's a big, heavy car, but that would be pretty cool. That's I'm a just pretty road, road trip, highway cruiser. Yeah. Get the 325 or the 525, yeah. which is just the E30 motor. You get a pretty minty one for four grand. I think so, it, yeah. It might be a little it, harder to find one with a manual. Right. Yeah. You'd have to and search. he wants a manual. Right. So but that's that, what we that have BRZO throw, for. That kind of throws every Mercedes out, out the window. Right. Because manual transmissions are so hard to come by. Exactly. Uh trying to think what else is out there um is you could get a cheap uh 944 but that's not what he's yeah, gonna that's want not, that's not that he wants a road trip sedan i feel like not a and uh, he didn't say that but i, I kind of yeah. get that but he mentioned too. gli which is yeah. a four-door you know three box design kind of thing and the e46 touring so a wagon uh anything else from volkswagen probably not i can't really think of anything anything from japan in that price range? That's about price range where, like, the Hondas and stuff are above that. Unless they're really ones. old. Yeah. But he said he wants rear-wheel drive, right? Oh, did he say... I don't think... I think he just said... Or maybe he just wanted a stick. 
Yeah, just stick and, and DWA, DWA approved. approved. Fun to drive, mileage. I mean, how about uh, does Nissan make anything like a Maxima or something? Yeah, no. you don't want to do I that. Yeah, they didn't. I didn't. I wouldn't do that. I guess it's the yeah E36. I huh? think it's got to be the E36. Yeah, it's a lot of car for the money. I think. Yeah, yeah. Those are like those are a lot of fun. And it's yeah, like out of any of the ones we talked about, you could get a super clean one for uh-huh. cheap. And you could like grow with that car a little bit too, if you wanted to make it a little sportier. You, like, there's so many suspension options, right? And, and so many. It's you get chips and all that stuff. It's not going to feel very special on a road trip unless you do something to it, I think. Uh-huh. I mean, they're pretty plain cars. Pretty but... good road trip car, though, probably. Like, I mean, it's that perfect size and uh, yeah, it's gonna still have some utility to it. Right. Yeah, I think I that's think, a fair I answer. I think we won, dude. I think he's he has a good answer. Um. um uh, before we get close to ending this, we do have to mention that you have the 87 Forerunner. Yes. Which is super sick. Yeah. And then also, I'm curious about how you're planning to make this trip down to San Diego with the 510. That's kind of a gnarly barge. Tomorrow, I'm leaving at 6 in the morning, and I'm just going to play it safe and hope for the best that it makes it down there. So you're just taking shortest path. Freeways. No, I'm actually gonna take 101. I don't feel like barging it down Highway Five. Yeah. Um. Yeah, 101 offers more uh, help <laughs> if something happens. I might, like I might tape a um, some kind of air system to keep the cabin clear of exhaust fumes or whatever <laughs> that or raw fuels going in there. So I might tape a uh, two liter bottle in the window frame to. <laughs> divert the air into my face so I don't get carbon monoxide poisoning. Do you have a pop-out rear windows? Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah that's That good. might help a little bit. Yeah. But yeah, it'll be an interesting drive. So the, uh, yeah, that's definitely a better way to go, though, because dude, you're going to deal so much heat, too, on the grapevine. I know, that. Like, yeah. That'd be miserable, dude. Yeah. At least be along the coast, be by Santa Barbara and all that. It'd be all good. Yeah, and I wouldn't mind taking some glamour shots on the way down uh, the car yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah I'd be so right. excited to have another one. So, No, it's so dude, cool. Actually, there's probably, there's a few little roads, just short little fun roads down by Santa Barbara that we could point out that we were totally investigating for the Coastal Ranger Alley. Uh-huh. That are kind of west of yeah, well, the 101. And also just taking, uh, what is it, 154? Oh, yeah, 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 that little cutoff. Taking that way. By it's Lake, actually, Lake Kachuma. It's actually quicker than going uh, 101 right there. Yeah. Like, if you if you go, like, Google Maps or whatever, yeah. it'll tell you to go that way anyways. Oh, really? Uh, it kind of runs by Solvang and stuff. Like, th- it's, it's, yeah, Lake oh, Kachuma. Okay. But uh, that's that's actually a little kind of a fun road too. Yeah. yeah. So and uh, if you're coming, if you're going south, you drop down into the Santa Barbara area, mm-hmm. and there's rad views. Uh, yeah, the, the right. ocean, Santa Barbara, like and everything. A, probably little pullouts and everything. Yeah, and then your '86 Forerunner. Uh, you were telling me you took the the top yeah. off of it. Yeah, everybody says never take the top off, and that's the whole reason I bought that thing was to take the top off of it. Fuck yeah. And so I took I mean, the, what? You can buy more seals if you need to. It's going to be like it. 60 bucks. It's never going back on. I mean, it was a $2,300 truck. So I pulled the top. I left the top out of my desert house. So I can't I don't even have access <laughs> to it anymore. Option. 
Nice, dude. I like it. All Commitment. Right. And those things are great to drive with the top off. It's it makes it all worth it having one. And what's the deets on what's the details on that truck? That's a twenty two RE uh five speed manual, four wheel drive, uh primarily original gray paint. It's got the base model white steel wheels from Toyota. And then I put some thirty ones on it. And it has a boatload of miles, like two fifty something. And it runs killer. It's a great truck. AC works. Why was it so cheap? <laughs> I yeah. bought it through a buddy. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. yeah. I feel like those carry a premium these days. Some do and some don't. You know, the six cylinders are worthless. Yeah. Uh, the four cylinders are... Because everyone's at, everyone at 20... It's a 22 RE? 22 RE. So or, a 2.2 yeah. liter? Yeah. Huh. But they're pretty... It's actually pretty quick. And I bought it in Reno and drove it to San Diego the first day I had it. 500 miles and... They're pretty bulletproof. Dude, yeah, that's good. so rad. Yeah. Less than three grand and drive it, drive it that far right away. I, I yeah. feel like that's one of those engines that, you know, like the Toyota and Honda lore, like they never break. They just yeah. run forever. Yeah. I feel like when I worked at car parts, every engine we ever rebuilt or every head we ever did was a 22, 20, you know, 22 RE. No, that or was 22 it was R. When you guys were doing Well, it was those six cylinders. cylinders we would do. Yeah. But I feel like we were always doing those other motors as well. I'm sure. Yeah. And I feel like these people are just, they really like their trucks. Yeah. And they're always like fixing them. Right. right. And that's why they run forever. Yeah. I mean, they're not like in a, they're not breaking down like crazy, but they're, and they're putting major miles on them. Yeah. But they still break and they're still fixing them. Right. But yeah, the six cylinders were total pieces of shit. Yeah. I mean, that was a, I'm surprised that wasn't like a big, uh, that didn't like go to go come back to bite Toyota ever. Like it was never. You never heard about it in the What well, was it, like head gaskets all the time or warped heads? Or yeah, what? warped um, warp block. Actually, I think it was the block. Yeah, because we would get the block and we would have to, and we get the heads and we'd have to mill the block. Right. And the heads. And then we put it back together and that was a warranty job. And then everyone would get new, you know, get a full head rebuilt, rebuild when they were in there kind of thing. Yeah. Like they would just pay extra for it. And then I think the same thing happened to all those engines that were redone during that period mm-hmm. the techs were doing them so fast that another forty thousand miles fifty thousand oh, miles really? later they would start having like head gasket failures because people were flying through the repair oh, they were doing. yeah because uh, so even until today it's an undesirable motor because wow. of the problem and and what years is that 89 to 94 i think so <sighs> it's a pretty big range yeah because i remember when i worked it's there all the 3.0s oh okay yeah I was picking up, like, at, at one point, I only worked there for a year or something, but at one point I was picking up up to, like, you know, six to ten blocks a day from yeah. our local dealership. Yeah. Holy shit. And I would pick, I'd have to carry the block, yeah, pick it up into my truck, and put them on tires, you know? Like, we'd, right, have, right. we'd have tires sitting there with just greasiest messes you've ever seen. Yeah. And the, the blocks always had coolant spill, spilling out of them and mm-hmm. stuff, and... Yeah, these guys were just going through them like crazy. I heard there was guys doing two a day. Like, basically pull the engine out, yeah. complete tear down, back together twice wow. in one day. So crazy. Yep. Yeah, and then I'd bring them back, you know, all fresh, and then bring two bags with the heads in them. Uh-huh. And uh, those guys would slap them back together, and, man, it's crazy. Um. So anything else you guys want to talk about? 
don't know. Is that a piggity podcast? Yeah, that's a podcast. All right, we can call that a podcast. A little special for everyone. Good luck, Pat. Thanks. On a little trip down. Yeah, yeah. dude. You, uh... Hopefully you take some Insta pictures and everything. I will. It'll be all over the Insta. Uh, plug it. What's your Instagram? 5P1AOT. 510Pat. In a weird In way. In a weird way, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, so follow Pat. Are, are you private or what? Are you public? I don't think so. Okay. Check him out on Instagram. Yeah. Be his friend. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, thanks and, for uh, having me on, guys. It's been an honor. Yeah. It's well overdue. Yeah. For sure. All right. See you guys next time. Bye. Bye. day i get home from work and the garbage can was sitting in front of my house and you just I, didn't feel like, <laughs> I didn't feel like bringing it in so i just <laughs> took it out with the festiva nothing feels better than doing that <laughs>